this is Grace Lynn Keller with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, and we are live at the 20th Annual Spine, Ortho, and Pain Management ASC Conference. I'm sitting down right now with Matthew Meyer, who serves as a critical care anesthesiologist at the University of Virginia Health System. So Matthew, thank you for joining me, um, and I'd love to have you start off by introducing yourself. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm really pleased to get the opportunity to talk to you and all your listeners about um, myself and about a couple of topics. So I'm an anesthesiologist. I'm an ICU doctor. I work at the University of Virginia and spend a lot of my time talking and thinking about sustainable healthcare, both writing, advocating, researching, and developing technology for it. And let's get our conversation rolling here with what you're most excited about right now. So what I'm most excited about is the potential for healthcare to be reframed in the next decade or two in with sustainability and efficiency as the frame of reference. The healthcare system is huge in the US. It's 18.5% of our GDP, give or take a point or two, depending on the year. And it creates emissions that carbon dioxide emissions that rival Indonesia in terms of the total emissions just from the healthcare center alone. When we do calculations, we estimate that it's up to 44 million tons of garbage that are generated by the healthcare system. The amount of waste and the pollution that healthcare, which is a mission-based organization, mission-based system that tries to you know, take care of people's health, the pollution is actually resulting in additional health problems. And so I really believe that the next decade or two is going to be shaped by thinking about how we can reduce waste and improve efficiency of healthcare. Absolutely. And so kind of going along with that, what are the issues that you're spending the most of your time on right now? So there's many, uh, and which is both wonderful and also daunting. The, so I'm an anesthesiologist. The, the entryway for many anesthesiologists and many people in general is anesthetic, uh, volatile anesthetics. It seems surprising, but up to 50% of an operating room's carbon footprint can be generated from the anesthetics alone. Nitrous oxide and desflurane are particularly bad um, actors in this regard. Desflurane, for example, traps energy 3,700 times more than carbon dioxide alone. So one molecule of desflurane is 3,700 times worse than one molecule of carbon dioxide. And the great thing is, is that desflurane has wonderful clinically equivalent substitutes such as sevoflurane. And when you swap in sevoflurane, it's still a bad greenhouse gas, but it's about 10 times better. So you're exponentially having an impact on your carbon footprint simply by making a choice of volatile anesthetic. So volatile anesthesia is one of the areas that I think most people can jump to and start to think about right now and make changes. There are even health systems in this world that are banning desflurane from their formularies. So they're taking it away because they don't see the clinical need per se, and they see the value in other anesthetics that are on the market. So that's the top one. I also think that there's a lot of opportunity for healthcare to start to think even more creatively. So there's a concept called the circular economy. And if there's one thing we do in medical, uh, in the health systems, and I'm sitting here looking around at the all the vendors, we buy stuff in healthcare. And so what I want to motivate people to do is to start thinking about the products that we're creating for the healthcare system and thinking about what their next life is. So if they are, they do need to be one-time use, what do we do with them afterwards? How do we recycle them and turn them into something productive? Or can we make them safe? 
you know, appropriate for infection control purposes, but reusable again. How do we start to really redesign all the stuff that we sell into healthcare for um, a more sustainable outcome? And you've mentioned sustainable healthcare, and this is something that you're a big player in. So I would love to kind of hear some of your ideas on how we can adjust our own carbon footprints within the healthcare space and maybe just little things that people have that can do that they can do actionable items every single day to help in that area. Sure. So as an anesthesiologist, the easiest thing is the gases. And I can't emphasize that that, that much. For those people who think about the emissions when they're driving a car, you have an opportunity to make an exponential difference by simply changing the gases or better yet, if it's clinically appropriate, don't use gases, use propofol and you know, try to be efficient with your use of propofol. Do the right amount, what's right for the patient. Don't use too much and, and, and use propofol because its carbon footprint is a fraction of that of volatile anesthetic gases. Another thing that we're discovering is that the propellant inside of meter dose inhalers is also a really bad greenhouse gas. One regular inhaler, so you think about the albuterol inhalers that a lot of clinicians prescribe, is about the same as driving 360 miles. It's the propellant, not the drug. So there's other alternatives. Uh, Direct powder inhalers are one option. If it's clinically appropriate, that has a much smaller carbon footprint. And so that's something that pulmonologists, pediatricians, family medicine doctors can bring into their everyday life. And And then for all of us, probably the most important thing is to to be open and be willing to talk with your patients about this. Approximately 70% of the U.S. is actively worried about climate change. And that's something that part of the reason they're worried about is that they're thinking about its implications on their health and on the health of their loved ones, specifically children. So we should start to talk about it, bring it into the open. It's a problem, but it's something that we can solve, but it's it requires collective action. And is there anything else you'd like to add to our conversation today? I, thank you. Uh, the, the last bit that I'd like to touch upon is that the, the regulations in the U.S. are starting to shift towards thinking about decarbonization and uh, to start thinking about decarbonization and waste reduction. And this is coming from organizations that have as much influence as CMS the Joint Commission is talking about decarbonization, waste reduction, as is um, a lot of other national organizations that have implications for how health systems are run. The, and, and I really applaud them for the steps that they're taking, and I want them to take even greater steps. There's an opportunity here to take a mission-driven system such as healthcare and take all the resources which it uses and, and start to think more efficiently and sustainably which will result not only in continuing to provide great health care to patients, but also helping them remain healthy when they're outside of the hospital. Absolutely. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your mission and passion for a sustainable health care. And again, we're live at the 20th annual Becker's Spine Ortho and Pain Management ASC Conference. Thank you. Thank you very much, Grace.